is Gamora. My name is Matthew Kroll. Who is Gamora? My name is Shahir Dowd. And why is Gamora? I'm Shalia Evans. And this is the only podcast about movies specifically, and I cannot believe I'm finally getting to say this, Marvel's The Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I, this is just a regular movie for me. I mean, I'm just strolling in here like, oh, what's, uh, what's, uh, what are we doing this week? Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> but you guys have been doing something different. We've been doing this for a while. This is our whole lives now. Shalia, hello. Hi, I'm so glad to be back for this culmination of all of our hard work. Yes, couldn't, the, we couldn't do it without you. At no, this point, of course. Right? I would have been so sad. <laughs> this is the finale. Uh, for those of you who haven't been keeping track of the near seven and a half hours of content Shalia and I have made on the side, uh, Shalia and I have a phase one, phase two, and phase three podcast uh, where we go over all 18 <laughs> Marvel films and the Woo! MCU. And sadly, I've rewatched some of them since we finished. Oh, you have? Ah, I love I'm it. a monster. <laughs> I uh, gracefully bowed out of that one. Uh, not, not. I mean, we we did do the Star Wars thing, and I was I was kind of happy to do that. That was six movies, though. But I think when it came down to nineteen or eighteen movies at that point, I was like, I I I want to, but at the same time, I don't want to. It is a tall order for for anyone. Uh, and and you know, long story short, she here for personal reasons, and you're busy. You're a family man. You had to bow out, and you hate me. And Shalia, uh, yeah. uh, Shalia came in. And no family. Was my night. <laughs> no family, no responsibilities. No family, no responsibilities, very little employment. Love the excuse to tell my mom I'm doing something. <laughs> but you are officially my uh, my knight in shining armor in this uh, scenario. So Wonderful. I, again, I thank you. I thank you for indu- helping me indulge myself. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds gross. <laughs> Look, you've helped me indulge myself too. There we go. Okay. Uh, you yeah. guys want me to leave? Um, I, can, I can leave. No, no, Shahir, <laughs> this is important that you're here for our both of our mutual self-indulgences. Okay, all right. And we're I'll- having separate Self-indulgences. Yes, yes. Um, I I have listened to all episodes, by the way. I think you guys did a fantastic job. And again, you know, you you. did something that I was not willing to do. (laughs) Um, I think it was also, for me, it was a good primer to, like, remind myself about every single movie uh, leading up to Infinity War. Because I, I, it's not that I'm not excited about it, but I just, I'm, I'm a little bit out of the loop, I guess, in terms of, like where stories are going, what stories are important. So I think it was really useful to actually just like get, gather back. Cause I was, I just wasn't going to go back. I did, I, I did try and rewatch a couple of them, whatever was available on Netflix. And sure. I borrowed your copy of age of Ultron and Thor Ragnarok and, uh, to be honest, I didn't watch them. Um, I, I, <laughs> but, they, but they were sitting on your desk. They were sitting on my desk for a long time, and they're still there today. I will, I will one day you'll get them back. Um, and uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually curious as to how you guys feel leading up to Infinity War. I'm more interested in what you guys have to say than than anything I have to say at this point. Uh, Shalia, how how do you, how did you feel leading up? Leading up to it, um, well, I had a here's the thing, I had a bummer of a a week. Health wise, I got really, really sick. Eey. And so I could I couldn't go for the first three days that it was out and I was sad the whole time. Oh wow. So I was a little distracted by feeling sorry for myself. But <laughs> I've been I like I've I've been doing a lot of emotionally building myself up so that deaths wouldn't upset me in public alone. Cause that was the plan for some <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be alone, it's gonna be ten AM. I don't wanna cry alone <laughs> at ten AM at a Marvel movie. So I need to be prepared so I've done a lot of like it's okay it's okay let them go they're always gonna be there mm-hmm. that's that was my leading up to a movie that was what I've been doing 
You know, interestingly enough, I think your story, your your timing of your story leading up to it and mine, I think we were very much in sync. I was on vacation. And Shahir, you and Brendan McCarthy did an excellent job in my absence for the You Were Never Really Here podcast. I listened all the way up to when you said there would actually be spoilers. Oh, good. Because so you want to see the film? I do want to see the film. Good. And I did not want it to be ruined, but I loved the conversations that the two of you were having. So yeah. thank you for covering covering my butt on that. <laughs> um, also, uh, so, so I didn't get to actually see this movie, Shalia. Avengers Infinity War until about three days I think as well after it had come out because I got back but I went and saw it I literally got off the plane, <laughs> came home, unpacked, and went to the theater in a very jet-lagged, not having slept in 30 hours-ish state. Um, I mean, you know that Hawaii has movies. Yeah, I was going to say, right? whenever I used to go to Hawaii from New Zealand, I would okay, go to okay. the movies. Okay, listen, you two. This is a little early to be ganging up on me. <laughs> but the 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 reason why, A, I tried to figure out a schedule, and it, um, it didn't quite work out because... I was there for a wedding um, and there was events before the wedding, etc. And two, uh, in order to see it and then it, the only reason to really see it that soon would be if we were going to do a remote podcast and then it would have been uh, three time zones instead of two that we were trying to traverse. Very so nice. I figured I'd wait <laughs> till I was sick and tired when I got home to see it as a little pick me up. So the funny thing is out of the three of us, me being the sort of least uh, enthused, <laughs> I went to see it opening night <laughs> by yeah. myself. Yeah. How uh, was it? Uh, it was fun. It was fun seeing an opening night. I, 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 it was actually just the only time I could go see it was because uh, it was a Thursday night and I was like, I would have no time to go see it o over a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I went on a Thursday night into the Astor the local Astoria movie theater. And what I loved is I went to, I think I went to like a 1030. Yeah. The only thing was, is that it plays in every single theater every 15 minutes. So it was like, I just picked the least populated theater and just walked into it. Sure. Um, and it was great because there wasn't too many people around. Around. It was a little bit of a shitty screening in terms of like the quality of the projection and what have you. But it was fun to like be there opening night and see people reacting to it and like seeing people gasping and, you know, talking. Unfortunately, that does extend to this was the loosest audience I've ever been with where cell phones are out. People are texting in the middle of the movie. They're texting about the movie, which is great. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But they're texting during the movie, which is shitty. Yeah. So it was, a, you know, a little mixed bag. But it, it was weird because I, I also thought, felt like I didn't. There was a person doing it right next to me, and I kind of just didn't mind or I didn't really care because it was like it was part of the experience. You know, it wasn't like a single person who was being disrespectful. It was the entire theater. I got you. Well, listen, dear listeners, if you want to be part of the experience, you can get a hold of us with all of your Marvel or other movie questions at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com or you can reach us at uh, OnlyMoviePod on Twitter. Also, we have a Facebook group that I still check on occasion and uh, we obviously got the iTunes review place, which we check every single day. So that's probably the fastest way to get hold of us. And we do have some emails this week about Infinity War, but I think we'll answer them as they kind of become relevant. That, I think that makes sense because they're very. I and I, we had this issue during while you were away as well, which is we were getting emails, and I had to email you. I had to text you and say, "Don't open the email account," because because the emails we got were were basically very spoiler filled questions, and not only that, there were spoilers in the subject line. So I felt kind of like uh, you should probably oh, avoid this at this point. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate the warning. Mm -hmm. That is the kind of thing. And I don't even blame our listeners for putting spoilers in a ta in a in a subject line because obviously I would have, if any other circumstance, seen it Thursday night as well. Right. Um. So, but thank you for writing in. We'll touch them as we go. Okay. Uh, Can't wait. Let's roll down into this. I want to get Shalia's. 
your first impressions of the film overall. Ready, set, go. We're 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 spoiler spoiler town, right? I I, actually, I think we should say up front. This is a yeah. we're presuming everybody on the planet has seen this movie. Yes. So we're just gonna roll straight into spoilers for this film. If you haven't seen Avengers: in Infinity War, walk to I mean, basically look outside <laughs> your window and someone will be playing it. Some theater which you could probably sneak into. Just watch it and then come back to us. We're not you don't. There are gonna be spoilers off the bat. It felt like the internet decided Wednesday was the cutoff, like right. after the movie opened. A hundred percent. Spoiler time! Yeah. You've had enough. Which... I was proud of the restraint the internet showed. To be quite honest, that's almost a week. <laughs> well, since we're spoilers, yeah, I'm. I knew he was gonna die, Uh-oh. but I want Loki to be in every movie of all kinds, not just Marvel. I. Wow. I I actually had the thought when when it happened in the film that Shalia was probably hurting right now. That's the first five minutes of the movie, right? That's the first thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing that happens. And I went into it being like, okay, here we go. He's going to die. You have to be okay. He's Mm going to die. You have to be okay. And was like sucking on a throat lozenge to try to like keep it together. And was like, okay. And now I've spent the whole week just watching other projects of Tom (laughs) Hiddleston. To make up. To pretend he's still with us. Um, so I, I, from there on in, I didn't give a shit about anyone else's death or anything. <laughs> no, like I liked them. Like I was, I was totally into the movie. There are some of the most fun uh, mashups of personalities, mm-hmm. like ever. Uh, and I, but I'm sad about the deaths that happen in the middle of the movie, but all the end ones don't feel very permanent, which we'll get into. Right. But be- before the snapping. Yeah. The snapping. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know if I coined that one. I don't think maybe I did. I know the snapture is one that I did not coin. Oh, okay. Uh, I like the snapping because it makes me think that like M night snap along. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist. The snapping. Um, <laughs> I went into it knowing that I was going to be upset the whole time because mm-hmm. there was no way Loki was going to make it. No. Past the first five we, minutes. We said They've that in that our phase clear. three. Yeah. Yeah. That was clear. So I went into it with this like, don't be mad at the movie. Let it happen. And I, I, and I think I did a pretty good job other than the backlash of stalking an actor online. <laughs> I don't think he knows about it. So you're good. Well, I mean, I, he is I, I wish he knew. <laughs> right. I wish he knew. I, all my only goal in life is to get famous men to ask me to leave them alone. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> we can help make that happen. Yeah. That dream could come true tonight. Yes, um, good. What, what else? Did anything else particularly, uh, how did you feel uh, overall again, sort of uh, as a, as a culmination? Of, of what we'd done and what we'd watched. It's hard because it isn't a culmination mm-hmm. because there's another one. Yeah. yeah. And you know while you're watching it, there's another one. So as soon as Thanos starts undoing time, you're like, oh, well, nothing's real. Yeah. Nothing yeah. is real. And so it doesn't feel like a culmination yet because it, nothing's real. Nothing, nothing is permanent. Nothing's real. There's too much left to happen. Yeah. So it feels like... um. Just a giant uh, cliffhanger full of amazing chemistry between good actors. Right. <laughs> uh, this is a problem, actually, that the comics have a lot of times, too, with these giant crossover events. Like, the the audience going into it 
knows that most everyone will come out status quo. Obviously, they do two or three that will not. Uh, Otherwise, there's zero meaning whatsoever. And that was something that I was very interested in, sort of how they were going to handle in this film. And I'll talk about it a little bit as we as we move on. Shahir, what about you, buddy? What were your first what were your first impressions? Um, First impressions, I think, you know, just to preface uh, my whole sort of thing with all the Marvel movies, which is that I am in total admiration and in uh, kind of awe of the achievement of this whole thing, the the sort of staggering scale of um, complexity to bring together so many characters to tease something over the course of um, 10 years um, and to... Uh, to actually pull it off. Like, uh, I will say I enjoyed the film. I, I, I think for the most part, my, my general response uh, often with most Marvel films is that I like them at the time and then I kind of cool off them pretty, you know, like over time I, I cool um, my general impressions over, over time. Like even Black Panther is a film which I liked and I kind of have just kind of cooled off that whole experience. People are talking about Black Panthers for the Oscars and I'm like, eh, let's slow our roll here a little bit. <laughs> you're uh, hot, then you're cold. You're yeah. yes, then you're no. No, you're yeah. in, then you're out, you're up, then you're down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's pretty much me. Is that, is that Katy Perry? <laughs> it is! Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It is! Sorry, I am that guy who doesn't know pop movie reference. I'm Peter Quill in this whole ah. uh, this whole thing. Um, My first thought was, has she dated anyone in the cast? And I think the answer is no. Oh, really? Oh. That's what I, I'm here for the gossip. Yeah, can we do like a six degrees of separation? <laughs> a six, de- six degrees of dating oh, separation with Katy Perry? Not, let's not get into degrees of separation my whole week has just been me thinking about everyone i know that definitely knows any of these dudes well it's it's probably it's probably not hard at this point (laughs) it's too easy and it makes me so i'm like yep if i just bothered that guy (laughs) i could get a um, number (laughs) i uh, again i'm in awe of the achievement i'm in awe of the the sort of manifesto that came down to make this happen there are precedents for this obviously i'm you know i'm equally in awe of things like lord of the rings and harry potter um, you know, in the way that they sort of uh, had overarching narratives across multiple films. Um, and, and you know, in terms of positives, um, uh, there were a couple, there were, I, I was kind of, again, you know, I walked into the movie, I thought the opening sequence was a little rough. I was kind of like, uh, what am I in for here? Because I thought it felt a little bit haphazard and that's obviously Loki's death, the, inter- the sort of um, first scene coming out of, of Thor Ragnarok, you know, back into the spaceship where, you know, uh, uh, Asgard is not a people, uh, Asgard is not a place, it's a people, and here they are all dead. Um, you know, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I, I'm like, because I don't mind that as a principle, but I kind of was like, this is being done pr- a little haphazardly, and I'm not really feeling the emotional weight of what's happening here. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of felt that way for most of the first half of the movie, but there was one scene that clicked into place and it was a scene where I think it was doing the kinds of things I want to see in these movies Uh, and to jump into spoilers it's Gamora's death Um, and the reason I liked that scene is because it's uh, unexpected but also layered Um, unexpected for the characters it kind of as soon as we end up in the situation we know Gamora is going to die but but layered because it's it's a moment where Gamora learns that Thanos truly loves her even though she didn't think that was the case and I thought that was kind of a, a beautiful layered thing it also gave us an extent of of what Thanos is uh, capable of. Um, so, and then I thought uh, there was a real you know chutzpah to 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 the ending. You know, like when when people mm-hmm. started dissolving away, I was like, okay, I I you know 
check out the big balls on you guys. I, I, yeah, I like, respect I like, where respect is due. Yeah, you res- killed a lot of people. <laughs> then again, though, but so that's the the optimistic side. That's the part that I'm like, yeah, sure. cool. I'm in, you know, like I'm engaged. And I and again, I enjoyed the sort of cultural experience of being in a theater where people were cheering. There was a woman in front of me who uh, clearly Black Panther is her favorite character of all time. So whenever he's on screen, you know, she was she did the the hand cross uh, and mm-hmm. Wakanda forever. Nice. And then to see him fade away. I could just see how devastating it was for this woman. You know, she was really, really upset. Um, and I, so I think, you know, for me, I, I uh, the thing that becomes interesting here is that the cynical part of me um, goes, well, I, I don't, I admire the chutzpah, but I don't buy it either because, because of, we understand how this business works and we yeah. understand what this is. And we're also seeing half the movie. Um, but, the optimistic part of me is going, well, you've seen what the response is to this. I don't know. Have they filmed the second one already? Yeah, they're filmed at the same time. Okay, mm-hmm. So they've kind of like figured out what they're doing already. Because I, I w- what I think I would have been interested to see them do is to put this film out and then wait to see the response and then figure out, okay, how can we pay this off in the most meaningful way? Because the thing that will really, it'll the thing that will sour me on this whole experience is if narratively that, that doesn't pay off in a way that's meaningful. If we just rewind time, if something like that happens, I, I do have a prediction about what I think is going to happen and we can save that for the end. Sure. Oh, and yeah. what I hope is happening and it's not a pleasant thing, but, but, um, but uh, yeah. And uh, you know, like I, I think throughout this whole review, uh, I will be more interested to discuss the, the kind of, um, philosophical ramifications of what this film does as opposed yeah. to the film, the film itself. I, I did, you know, I generally enjoyed, I'm glad we're doing it a week later. Um, so that, you know, I can kind of, I've, I've had time to temper my feelings about it. Right. How about you, Matt? Well, uh, first and foremost, uh, and I, I, I can't even blame my generally jet lagged state when I saw it. Uh, every worry that I had for this film working uh, is completely sated and has bled away. Uh, it is everything I wanted it to be. But in that, uh, I, too, your friendly neighborhood Marvel shill. Uh, have a few issues and it's based around, I think, a little bit of the stuff that you're talking about here, which we'll get into a little bit. Uh, uh, first and foremost, I love the structure of this film because they were smart and they basically made Thanos the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they made all the other characters that we we want satellite around this one new character we'd never gotten a lot of time with. And as far as a, a CGI villain character this is one of the best ones i've seen in a while now just for just for preface on the plane ride home because i wanted to fall asleep i watched justice league again oh yeah i still haven't seen it no even though i love wonder woman more than life itself i'm like Ugh, don't make me watch it. So the yeah. villain in that film is Steppenwolf, and Steppenwolf is another- The theater company? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Or the Chicago. band. Yeah. Uh, but Steppenwolf, as a CG character, had no agency script-wise, had no weight either person- personality-wise or actually physical feeling weight. He just felt like he floated around the screen and he was not supposed to. It was a, it was a failure of a CGI villain character that's supposed to motivate all these other characters we care about. Thanos, they took- so much time and care and Josh Brolin kudos to that guy because he I don't look straight up 
I don't care about Thanos. I've said for before this movie, I've said in, in, in the comics, he's super problematic and just cosmically weird and bad. Uh, and I don't like, while the concept of the infinity war and the infinity gauntlet and the stones is very interesting to me. I think him as a foil in the comics is lazy eighties and nineties sort of writing. I was going to say, is he from the eighties? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, Cause he, he feels like a toy. I don't know yeah. the exact <laughs> stylistically. I, yeah. like, I feel you like buy Thanos. 70 late seventies, early eighties. I'm not quite sure, but in like in the comics, so his motivation in this film is, uh, and he, th- one of the reasons he works is he sees himself as the totally self-sacrificing hero. He's sacrificing mm-hmm. everything of himself to basically, quote, <sighs> save the universe in his eyes um, because resources are finite and uh, it, it, the fairest way is to eliminate half of life in the universe because mm-hmm. life left unchecked will then destroy the universe. But in the comics, this is the weird thing. In the comics, mm-hmm. he's literally doing that plan not for some altruistic weird genocidal like balancing act he's doing it because he's actually trying to court the physical embodiment of death which is basically a skeleton with boobs uh and it's red skull's girlfriend no no but that's interesting we'll get to red skull in a bit uh it's 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 so bad and corny and like it's just rough and how they have turned that particular frown upside down for the mcu i really respect they took a real i mean i i've been doing some research on the uh on the entire movie okay um but no i just read an article about um the like historical significance of thanos and like what times in history Mm -hmm. that that mentality has been used about resources and got really mad extra at Thanos because apparently that was the exact same philosophy that was used to justify not feeding the Irish during the potato Yeah, that's the, the Malthusian theory of population. And I'm like, oh, fuck this! Yeah, yeah, yeah Robert Malthus. So like all the other ones I know about, but now that I know they came for the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's my own personal. You tried um, to kill me? Yeah. Um, yeah, so no. Um, so, I yeah, they made it a very realistic... Like, because I've read this stuff about courting death and trying to... And it would have wow. felt hollow if he was like trying to get a skeleton to like him. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the choices they made with Thanos. Kudos to the entire team on that. Uh, I think, again, I've talked about plate spinning back and forth on this entire thing. They spin plates so well. Mm. Uh, the problem that comes up with the plate spinning, however, and this is the first time... And it's an interesting problem, and, and I'd like both of your opinions on it. The plate spinning, the plates are all still spinning, but the I, I will say the act of which you are supposed to be amazed at is hurt overall because of so many plates spinning. And by that I mean, I'm going to go back to uh, Shalia, I'm sorry to bring this up yes. again, it's but okay. the first scene, Shalia, that you brought up of, of the Asgardian ship and both Heimdall and Loki's death at the hands of, mm-hmm. uh, of Thanos and his Black Order that scene felt the weakest to me overall and I felt like it felt rushed and from both a but but overall I feel like if if there wasn't nine scenes like that in this movie that it wouldn't have either a felt that way or b they could have given it more time to sort of to sort of let it breathe so there's this thing where they didn't drop the plates and they're there that's the scene i feel like in this film where they're really leaning hard on your knowledge of loki to carry the emotional through weight through it where the rest of them i feel like they do some legitimate albeit minor sort of like emotional stake setups for all the other deaths in certain cases Mm -hmm. this felt like a rush job and it feels like 
like almost like a necessary rush job because they need to before they get into the sappy stuff about Thanos they need to prove that you're going to be afraid of Thanos and so what better way than to kill two characters that have been with you over the course of uh, three and a half movies right as someone who this is the part I cared about the most I felt <laughs> like um, one there's an assumption that you know exactly how uh, Thor ended Ragnarok yeah. ended yep which you might not. What if you didn't stay for the end credits? What was that? What if that was the one thing, the one time you walked out, you'd be fucked. Yeah. So like, or if you didn't recognize the uh, Tesseract when Loki looks at it, yeah. like you have, and and assume based on you what you know about Loki that he would have taken it. Like mm-hmm. there's this is this scene. This opening was so like you had to know everything and be really on top of it in a way that made it feel rushed because you're spending time making sure you've checked all the boxes and know what's happening and then everybody's dead. Yeah. So, and and then I have a thing here uh, and I'm going to be doing this the whole time because I just have questions about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if these are legitimate questions either <laughs> because it, it's, it's sort of like, oh, is this a problem or is it not? Why did Himdall send the Hulk back? Why not send Thor? Or I mean, because uh, he's from Earth? That was what I assumed. But but Thor has been to Earth many times I as well. I think my reading of it was that Heimdall sent the Hulk back because the Hulk uh, was like on the brink of death where Thor wasn't quite yet. Okay. That's that was my read of it. Like, oh shit, Thanos is going to kill the Hulk if he doesn't do that right now. Right. And then he walks over and kills Heimdall, and then Thor doesn't even have that option anymore. Right. That was how I read it. But again, it was rushed. Yeah. I really thought it was like a, a kindness because everyone else there was of the same world, mm. and that there was this one guy who's like, I'm a scientist that's never been to space. And they're like, get him out of here. He tried to help. He couldn't help. Get him out of here. That's what it felt like to me is like women and children first kind of situation. So I kind of, cause I, cause I, there was one thing about like, th- that was the first time I was like, huh, why, why, why him? Not why, you know, like why not the guy who's the protector of the Asgardian people, yada, 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 all that jazz. Um, it, it's, it's a, you know, there's probably a legitimate way to explain it. Like you guys just said, I just kind of was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that getting and, lost. And, yeah, and totally. The thing that I was kind of like the cynical part of me again for this whole thing was that we live in an age now where we know a little bit too much about behind the curtain of Marvel mm-hmm. of, of how Marvel operates as a company. And what I one of the things I was like thinking about, especially I guess this opening scene and the final scene, was that it felt like kind of metatextually. <laughs> Thanos' superpower was contract enforcement. And he was basically like, just, you know, like, okay, you're done with the MCU. We're going to kill you off. You're done with the MCU. We're going to get rid of you. And you guys, we're, we know there's another movie coming, so that's why you're not really dead, but I'm going to kind of kill you off anyway. It kind of felt like there was, there was like a mechanic to everything where I was like, I wasn't really feeling like the deaths were narratively important as much as it was like, oh, this is that character's time because we've done three movies now, and this is this character's time because he's going to go out here, but we're going to save this guy for later. So it's kind of like, it kind of felt, you know, there was this, this, this sort of uh, schematic to Thanos' superpower that I was kind of like, mm, yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't get that read from it. I think, um, and some of the more problematic stuff I will talk about sort of later on uh, with snapping and, and all that jazz, but I don't, I never <laughs> felt like the 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 deaths leading the the the, the tr- I'll call them the true deaths. Mm. I never read it like that. Right. Um, and, the true and the- deaths felt 
hard. Right. Yeah. Okay. For um, me. Loki, uh, both, I think you and I, Shalia, predicted that that would happen. We knew it doesn't make us okay with no. it. No. But like narratively <laughs> and and maybe even from a little bit of what you said you hear, sort of uh, career wise esque, we get it. It's just, um, you know, he's been in this mini film. So, you know, but for instance, peace out. well, see, I don't see it like that. <laughs> I see it as, as, um, I, I see it as the story has set. I, I'm saying knowing superhero story narrative structure and knowing where every all the pieces were left, he was the most obvious person to go because yeah. he's still a villain, even though everyone loves him. He's also really powerful, so you got to show how powerful Thanos is, and it will motivate Thor even more. There's lots of boxes it checks off for him to die. That's where I feel like it's a little bit. I'm looking at it more of a story where you're looking at mm-hmm. it more from the behind the scenes stuff. His yeah. actions also just like make sense that he would be killed. Yeah, right. Like, In that moment. He, yeah. The fact that he's made it this long is the the unusual thing. Yeah. Like right. that, like the fact that he's even still alive to make it into this movie feels more like a contract thing. Than, <laughs> yeah, fair. Like, like they kept him around because girls make fan art of his butt. Like they <laughs> kept him around <laughs> yeah. for money reasons and then they killed him off because it, it, they, it, it made sense. I was so sad. That yeah, made sense. <laughs> and then the other the other two main deaths. Uh, well, there there's one in the middle of the collector, which I don't think is a real. It's not supposed to be a, a tearjerker in any way, shape, or form. Was it uh, the collector died? Yeah, the no. collector died. Yeah, uh, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> actually, technically, you see him die off screen because it's an illusion from the reality. Oh, it's not actually. Yeah. Illusion, it's it's the reality stone doing it. Regardless, uh, Gamora's death had an incredible amount of weight, and I didn't see that motivated yes. by any. Um, by no, any she she yeah because thing. you can no. see her coming back for another movie, so definitely her. Was, if anything, it. If they killed her from a, like, from anything other than a narrative yeah. point of view, it would be detrimental to the already announced third. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. I Guardians definitely agree movie. with that. Yeah. That, and you know, I, I mentioned that up top as well. That that scene was the scene that kind of turned the movie for me. And the last true death I'll say is Paul Bettany's vision. And I don't think that was. I didn't see that at all as uh, trite or sort of. Uh, uh, c- calculated in a way uh, to the point because because they based so much of the plot around there's a possibility to save him like from the trailers I was like oh Corbus Glaive the guy who's originally prying the gem out of his head he's just gonna wreck vision and that's gonna be the end of it that's what I sort yeah. of thought but they built such a plot around saving and the in the emotional resonance between him and Wanda uh, to to when finally Wanda decides that she is the she's going to go through with it and try to destroy the stone and then to have Thanos just reverse it to kill him again was super weighty for me yeah the only thing about it was that i was surprised was this was the thing that vision transformed himself into like a human character was that did that happen in another movie no he's never actually been purely human face because i was like oh if i was like a scarlet witch i would have been like i was on board for the purple dude with the cape i'm not sure if i'm on board for the uh for this guy you know what i mean like way too old for me paul um, uh, no i'm just saying the purple dude with the cape seems exciting to me the uh the 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 sort of middle-aged uh uh englishman seems like uh you know i'm, I'm not sure i'm here for this you know like with, I, jewel, with a, the jewels not even there you can't yeah, see yeah. It. Yeah. i was just like oh oh if i was her i would just be a little bit um <laughs> i think you're down talking paul bettany's uh paul bettany's he is married to jennifer connelly so, yeah so you know. let's let's not mince words oh, no, he's doing fine yeah just it is it was a little weird to be like wait 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 have we cuz we hadn't discussed at any point in any of these movies that he could do that yeah it just so it seemed like he can do yeah. that 
his whole thing over the two movies he'd been in before is that he was slowly learning how to use whatever powers he had and new ones were coming and things like that. So uh, I didn't really bat an eye at it. Uh, One of them was cloaking. I'm not suggesting it's a problem. I just thought it was amusing and I would be like, sure. you know, copy, copy that. <laughs> uh, sorry. I just want to finish my, we've been going back and forth, which I like. I'm going to finish sort of my final thoughts very quickly. I thought yes. this movie gave me the feeling it was the closest uh, feeling that I've had in the movies. Uh, and this is, I think, a good thing overall uh, to that childlike wonderment of actually playing with action figures and using your own imagination to kind of like build stories and things like that. Like this felt outside of the, even the just for the fun action parts felt like the most like you want to dump your whole toy chest on the ground and play with it. Like, all right, let's roll. Yeah. Like that was really special to me. And I could see how even for kids that would be even better. Um, also, uh, I really liked how they handled the Black Order, the children of Thanos, uh, the four <gasps> sort of mini bosses. They're so good. Yeah. Corbus Glaive, Proxima Midnight, oh Black Dwarf, God. and Ebony Maw. Uh, Ebony Maw being my favorite of all of those. But they Which all, one is Ebony Maw? The one that gets Doctor Strange and uh, has the best ending. <laughs> he, oh my God. I love, it felt like a combination of like a Shakespearean monologue and also like, like Davy Jones and the Pirates of <laughs> yeah. the Caribbean being like, you will join our crew. Like you've been blessed by the children of Thanos. Like yeah. it's so, it's such a grandeur thing. He's, he's Ugh, being a herald great. like hardcore. He's the yes. one that first shows up on earth with the, with the, the donut of misery. Uh, he, he's, he's the only one of the four that kind of really registered for me. Yeah. The Squidward. other three, the other three kind of were neither here nor there. They, they fade to the background a hundred percent. Once I figured out Proxima Midnight was Carrie Coon, I was like, I'm paying attention to everything you, you do. But then I was also annoyed because why was she CGI'd to just be a taller woman? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> like, that was the choice, on. but I will say the CGI characters, even her, had actual weight and presence, which I was no, happy and sure. impressed with. I was insulted as a woman that they couldn't just like Carrie Coon have like, you Be know. Carrie Coon. Yeah. Yes. Because um, they, they didn't, it's not like they gave her like extra arms or some shit. They just made float? her taller she, and skinnier. No, she didn't float. Oh, okay. I don't think. Uh, the Eb Ebony Maw is the only one with an actual personality I feel he's like the first one again right yeah yes. yeah yeah he's the one that yeah. kind of registered as a character it's, for me. it's interesting Corbus Glaive the one that starts the Pry Vision's gem out of his head and the one that eventually sneaks mm -hmm. behind the Black Panther lines to get in, inside to get to Vision uh he is the most developed throughout the comics mm -hmm. and I was surprised that they didn't do anything with him now granted again there's no room that's fine Black Dwarf and Proxima Midnight I kind of liked as their little tag team bit as they fought them a couple different times throughout the, anyway they, they they felt like this is, this is what I really liked about it. They felt like mini bosses that gave me just enough to be like, I'm interested in what this thing is, even though it's not telling me exactly what this thing is. And maybe that, that hand wave comes from the fact that we've heard about children of Thanos before. Like he's taken kids we, before. Well, that's what the Gamora Nebula are. Um, he, okay. he takes, he takes children from the, from the societies he used to, you know, kill half of them by hand before he got the bedazzled glove. So, so I liked them a lot. Um, and then the ending, despite all of the logical moviegoer knowledge uh, and, and the knowledge that the snapping will most likely be reversed, uh, and we'll talk about how we think that's going to happen later, the fact that even everyone knowing it, because everyone who's going to this thing is familiar enough with the, with, with the machine that makes these movies, with the, with the mouse that's turning the levers, mm -hmm. it still had emotional weight to it. And I find that fact 
that that an audience member knowing that this isn't going to last can still have the reactions that that woman did to the Black Panther. Could everyone had their favorite character that kind of got whisked away? Um, no matter who you are, Peter Parker broke her. The hard. Peter Parker moment was legit heart wrenching. And, and you know he's you know he's coming back. Yeah. So he's got another movie coming out. So I I find the ability and and, and this is half I think the the film itself giving enough uh, you know excuse me emotional resonance to the characters in the moments in which they disappear. But it's also I think due to the fact that these are characters that have been with us for a long time. Um. In a lot of cases, yeah, you know, Peter sometimes Parker's, Peter Parker is relatively recent, but yeah. he he sells a super emotional tone. Whereas like people that are emotionally involved with Winter Soldier, I heard them gasp. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been in what, four, four films now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, full films. So like, yeah, or, or Groot, people like people like I heard people scream no when even though teenage Groot is awful in this movie, <laughs> I just don't care about him. You still are sad if a teenager dies, right? Oh, no, sure. <laughs> I, I did like his one moment that he like redeems himself with the hammer. Yeah, with the hammer. with the with the Stormbreaker. Yeah, I like that. So I liked him in that. Yeah. Uh, so, so kudos to this entire film and the exercise in general uh, for being able to basically do a magic trick that everyone knows how it works and still have everyone go ooh and ah and clap at the end. Like there's just, yeah. there's something there that's magical. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I have my issues, which we can sort of get into uh, uh, later unless, I mean, how, how else do we want to structure this thing? Cause I feel like we're going to be jumping around a whole bunch talking there's about so moments. Much. I've been yeah. rambling for a bit. Shahir, do you have, do you have any pressing things you'd like to discuss or well, Shalia? My my things tend to do with um, sort of broader strokes of this thing. Again, uh, you know, and and uh, it's it's a sort of a tricky proposition to talk about this sort of because we've kind of only seen half the movie, mm-hmm. and and I'm sort of I do want to see where it goes. I would be there's just a real chance for this to really disappoint me, and I I I 100 <laughs> hope it doesn't. Like I really hope that the the sort of emotional risen an experience that that people are having with this first one is paid off legitimately in the second one like it doesn't mm-hmm. feel cheap and by like reversing time or anything like that uh or um or or that uh you know I'll, I'll so maybe the way i can kind of structure the conversation is to say what i think i would like to see happen and it's not necessarily that this is what should happen sure but in terms of like possibilities uh, for, for making this not feel cheap is I think they should kill off all the first, the primary Avengers. I think they should kill off Captain America, Tony Stark, everyone who was left behind basically, because we know that everyone else has a movie coming out. I think they should actually kill Mm -hmm. off those people. And I mean, legitimately kill them off. Like they are dead. They're not coming back. We're done with these actors. We're done with these movies. And that is that because, and again, I'm not suggesting that that is, it has to be that, but I'm saying if you want this to feel like it meant something, then you have to do something that means something. My question, just back to that thought, though, is won't that give you the same feeling that you kind of got with the contractual uh, obligation power that Thanos have? Like, wouldn't that be the most possibly 
you know, a behind the scenes expected thing to do? Like, shouldn't it be like two or three of them go? Uh, the only reason I say that is that these are primary characters whose film, who's, who have films named around them. Sure. Whereas like, we don't have a Gamora movie. We don't have a Loki movie. So this would be like killing re- legitimately saying story matters here. Okay. And, and that, you know, like something along, I, it doesn't have to be that necessarily. I think even like cheapening it to, I, I don't know if this is cheap or, or just sort of an, another way to do it is like, like if they split off into like parallel dimensions or something like that, and then you, you know, you recast them or whatever. I don't, I don't know, but I'm saying like, I don't, my, my overall thing is I don't want this experience to be cheapened. And it's gotcha. hard to, it's hard to construct the conversation around this sort of effectively because we're sort of doing that thing. Uh, the thing that I kind of get a little frustrated with, with Marvel movies, which is that we're saying, well, eventually we'll get there. You know what I mean? And that's, that's mm-hmm. always been a little bit of a thing with me for the Marvel movies where I'm like, Oh, can't we just do that thing now? Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, I, can a movie be a movie kind of thing? And, and it's sort of, we're sort of in that half movie experience, but it's not a, it's not a bad half movie. It's an interesting half movie. It's a good place to like end half a movie. It's where you would switch the, the VHS tapes on Titanic. Yeah. Uh-huh. We've flipped the, I've, we've flipped I've been the thinking that the whole time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like if they only gave you the first, VHS tape. Yeah. And then you were like, uh-oh, the boat will will surely founder yeah, within yeah. two hours. <laughs> In uh, two hours, the all this will be at the bottom of the ocean? Well, what do you say now, E.J. Smith? And then you're like, I'll wait a year. <laughs> yeah, well, Shalia, what do you what do you think about that? Do you how do you how do you think this second half should resolve or how how would you feel best? Uh, you know, how, emotionally or just sort of from a moviegoer enjoyment, what would you like to see? I've been thinking about it a lot. I understand the impermanence of the deaths is so, like, we, we just know that stuff isn't permanent sure. in such a way that I, I don't even, I kind of don't care who actually is alive right. <laughs> as much right. as I care about the execution of the story. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of hope they do something, like, nuts. Like, as, as, when they, uh... You know, end credit scene, page, use a pager Mm -hmm. to get uh, Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, are they going to time travel to the 90s or like and then I read some stuff about like maybe Gamora's still alive inside the soul dimension. And like, let's do some weird shit. Like, I want it to get weird. And so it breaks my expectations of like normal like what Marvel has established as their narrative storytelling, which is, you know, pretty as much as they've done so much stuff. It is pretty by the book yeah. storytelling. Yeah, they yeah. don't shock us ever. Um, and I, so I feel like that would be the biggest payoff for me is if something absolutely bananas happens. Well, see, I I think I think um, if if they bring Gamora back, I think I might riot a little bit. I think really? if they if they return Gamora oh, back, you're gonna be upset then. Yeah, I have something to tell you. Oh yeah. Did you see today the Russo brothers were doing a Q and A with some high school kids, and they said, "Oh, it looked like it was all orange where Thanos was at the end. Is that because he was inside the stone, the Soul Stone?" And they said, "Yes." Okay. They confirmed that Gamora, as a little girl, and Thanos are inside the Soul Stone. Huh. I, I mean, and I don't that, know. I'm just going to get, I, just, <laughs> I don't know what that means. But. Yeah. <laughs> but like she exists in another dimension. Sure. But they confer, they said yes to a teenager that asked them that question. But I'm hoping, cause look, it, look there's, there's, <laughs> there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a, 
anyone they bring back from the snapping, and of course I keep saying mm-hmm. that term, it's when Thanos gets all the Infinity Stones in the gauntlet and he can snap his fingers and he can extinguish half life, half of all the life in the universe and they all blow away like uh, cornflakes in the wind. Um, and it's a great like effect. Voldemort they, in the wind. Yeah, <laughs> they all look, you know what I loved? Everyone had a different reaction. This is a side note. Every character had a different reaction to being sort of taken away to the point mm-hmm. where like, you know, Bucky looked confused. A couple other people had general confusion and, and fear. Scarlet Witch, after the things she'd just been through, had like a look of um, like release. Mm-hmm. She almost looked happy yeah. to go, which I was like, that's a fucking cool, bold choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, that was cool. But so any of the people that I, I feel like that they can bring them all back from the snapping, I don't want them to bring back anyone who had an actual death because that to me will break part of the world that they have now said this is it because they make a very distinct visual and story distinction between these deaths now i think shahir to your point i want the, if they reverse the snapping and everyone just comes back, there needs to still be some repercussions to that, both in the world and for the characters. Did they come back completely? Are some of them a bit insane? Did they go like do, what I also don't want is a time reversal where like only one person remembers like yeah. that. Oh, to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want everyone to remember this fucking nightmare because that is how character is built. Here's here's what I have been thinking about. This is my fantasy world. World, okay. is that maybe this isn't what I think will happen this is what I want to happen I want because we've established okay Captain Marvel exists in the 90s yep. so and if Gamora is still alive it, as a child in the Soul Stone what if somehow we get like go back in time and Gamora like grows up again and prevents this as a new adult but other people still had to die Anyway, that's what I would like. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. The, the I think it's so complicated. It will never happen. But I want us to go back and start in like 1995. Gamora's eight. <laughs> like, and she has to grow up again and then defeat her dad. A, a different way. So what? from what I understand from Captain Marvel, it does take place <laughs> in the 90s, uh, and and uh, both Nick Fury and Phil Coulson will be in attendance, which I'm super psyched for. Um, Brie Larson has the Rachel haircut, so you yeah, can uh-huh. tell. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's very... It's, I'm excited. Now I'm so 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 90s She's Rachel. distinctly got the Rachel. Yeah. What I'm curious about, and if that something like that does happen, it, it, I think it will be interesting if somehow, some way, they could get a message back to her but I don't. I, but I don't think that's how it's going to go. Yeah. I think the both no, the things think that we're. I'm right. I think no. the thing we're both <laughs> talking about here is that we don't want this to be an event that happened that they move on from. Yeah, the hand wave. Yeah, yes. and and that that doesn't like come back up again. It if you're going to do something this bold, be bold about it yeah. and make it permanent now because and this is a point that i had that i call as a potential issue for this film and granted i do want to say the the characterizations of all these people together is a delight to watch all the fight scenes are great i I would say the comp the comp work the green screen work in this film outside of a few shots of heads coming out of suits is second to none like even on like the other planets and titan and stuff i'd be hard pressed to find problems in the actual matting of the green screens like they all for for being shot primarily on a soundstage green screen set they all felt really good but the the i was this is what i'm worried about is the secret to why this and sort of all of the Marvel movies is is the the ingredient, the extra spice, the secret sauce that makes me and and the world seem to love these things? 
is they're so good because they don't end. Now, you because you can't screw up a landing, you never land. Right, yeah, and I think that that's kind of um, my general issue is that I never feel like I get a complete experience. I get like half a movie and then a teaser for another movie to, to sort of resolve this. And I, and I, I think that's a, you know, and the, the thing is, this is to me, arguably the boldest thing that they've done yeah. in the entire Marvel cinematic universe. So I would hope that they realize that they has to, they, that, you know, I've had an interesting experience this week, which is that I've been, te- I've started telling my son, um, stories where, uh, I'm making them up. Like I'm just making up <laughs> stories, right? You know, like we, we put down a book and we just start making up a story. And that's where daddy saved all the 50 <laughs> school children from yeah. the burning bus. But the amazing thing that happened was, is that, like, I remember my wife was telling him a story and at the, you know, my wife got to the end of it and she, and, and my son was like, that's not the end of the story. You ha- something big has to happen, and then it ends. <laughs> he learns the plot structure. He learns plot structure, right. and I was like, I was like, I was super impressed by that. But it was like, it got me thinking about these experiences where I was like, that's great. I want to see the thing land. You know, like we can argue the thing about Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter that's really different is it felt like there was a finite conclusion to this thing. You know, mm-hmm. like there was like we are starting here and we're going to end here, and there's going to and we definitely know there's an ending. The thing with these films that that kind of I struggle with a little bit as well is 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 a little bit the 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 death of the Asgardians kind of thing and you know Peter Parker becoming an Avenger is that they seem to like occasionally not necessarily contradict but sort of just jump away from the film that they just did into something different and and kind of and in a way that makes the the it sort of cheapens the previous experience mm. and and so I've kind of always I've just again I, I like the films for the most part, but I don't ever get attached to them. And I think that part of that is that. And, uh, you know, I asked you guys when you guys were doing the whole thing is like, what, is, what do you think the whole series is about? Like, what is how does this whole thing connect together? And, I you know, the more I've kind of thought about it, the more I've kind of like been, you know, replaying the movies in my head and seeing the ones that I've seen again. I kind of think it, it this is both an amazing thing and both kind of like, oh, I'm not sure how you're kind of going to do this. Is it, It's sort of more uh, analogous to an exquisite corpse. Have you guys heard of, you know, an exquisite I've heard corpse? the term. Exquisite corpse is when you make, when one one author does one thing and hands it off to another author and the uh, the second author is entitled to do whatever they want with it. So they can basically dismiss everything that they've done before sure. or continue it or do whatever they want. And it kind of feels like it's not quite an exquisite corpse, but it's occasionally like they just sort of like, they make one film, see how it goes, and then let's jump to another one and let's kind of take a few pieces of this and see where we're going. But there's, it doesn't, I never quite feel like there's a grand design to this whole thing, you know, Ooh. like I never feel like there's a there's an overarching. This is where we're going to end this story. I mean, and, you, you know, should have been you watching. Said, <laughs> you should have been watching like me, where you're dumb and you're just like, "What a good standalone movie!" Up until <laughs> like the only time I assumed they were interconnected ever was like Civil War. I was like, "Ah, okay, this is going somewhere." But like I've watched every single one as its own movie and right. then get annoyed when there's any reference to another one. Right, right. It. I'm like, what is this doing here? <laughs> so uh, you're just viewing it too smart. Be dumber. <laughs> Watch it like a dumb dumb just life. like eating popcorn in a dark room. <laughs> um, like me. <laughs> to, to your points, uh, the... 
I've never had the problem. This, this is the this is the interesting thing. the The occurrence of this being the first half of the end of the story has brought to light the only time I've ever felt that fear or the way that you feel, Shahir, mm. because. Every other movie, I'm fine with it never ending because they never act like it's the end. Right. But knowing this is the the end. This movie is straight up trying to tell you whether you believe it or not that this is the end. And if yeah. they don't make it an actual end, yeah. that's fucked up. But there are four other movies coming out. Look, that's fine. It needs to be a paradigm shift. Fa- right. The end of phase three needs to break the Marvel mold or the story, not the mold, so much. Yeah. That when it starts up again, it feels new. And that's going to be deaths. That's going to be character changes. Uh, and that's going to be, uh, you know, world bending situational stuff. And if they can pull that off, great. If they cheapen it and it's like everyone's okay, one person died and Tony Stark retires, it's just like, ah. It'll be, it'll be the biggest disappointment I think we'll ever experience. And like, the the nineteen hours of invest well not nineteen hours thirty something thirty eight but now forty yeah. with yeah. this oh so so it's it's one of those things where you know as we inch closer to the appropriate quote end of this particular part of the story this is the part that they're telling us will feel the most like the end if they don't give us an ending or they cheapen yeah. the ending enough where they can just go back and do the same shit they do over and over and over again. It's going to break it. And I and and now listen, 19 films, the pedigree is there for them not to fuck it up, especially with this one. But you never know. Yeah. And uh, so as much as I they do have time for reshoots at this point. So oh, 100%. Good. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if they'll I don't know. Can w- The thing is, will Disney kill the goose that laid the golden egg? Will they kill Robert Downey Jr.? Will they, you know, because because I think what I'm saying is, is to really be bold, you know, this is a money making machine, you know, like it is, it is the, you know, it is literally the golden goose at this point, golden eggs. Um, You know, like, are they willing for, for a narrative point of view to kill the goose that laid the golden egg? They need to, to keep the, to keep the goose's children alive. Like they can't, (laughs) they can't, I don't, that's a weird analogy and I'm sorry for it, but they can't, the, the goose this is the last golden egg this particular goose can. So maybe not kill it, but put it out to pasture and don't make it lay eggs anymore. And maybe it meets a nice uh, other goose and they get together and have a nice goose life. And then eventually they can have goose babies that can lay golden eggs again. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, at this point, the fans that are the ones giving them all the money mm-hmm. will be so upset if they don't kill off big characters that they'll do it. I, I trust them. I, I'm, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I trust that they're going to kill. They're going to for real kill capital capital K kill. Yeah. I'm fairly Wait, certain who? Robert Downey Jr. is out at this point. I think like, Robert Downey Jr. is out. I think Captain America is going to die. Yeah. Maybe. I, yeah. I think Could be he both. is. I, that, I that's think, the thing with all of these the guys. I'm like, need to die. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of them need to like move on, you know, the big three, I yeah. think do. Uh, I think Thor, I think Captain America, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man. Oh, Thor counts? What about the Hulk? The Hulk is not part of Big Three. I think I, Bruce Banner could go away and not die, and it would be fine. I don't think Bruce it's, Banner it's, it's dying. Title, uh, it's title-generating characters, so like characters that actually create entire movies right. behind them. So those are those Big Three. I have a question about how you guys felt about something. Sure. 
Hit us. Um, because I've had I've had this discussion with a few people uh, in the past couple days. How did you feel about the Hulk not being able to Hulk? The erectile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel like it was a cheap move to like save him for the final movie, or did you feel like it made sense and was earned? Um. Again, I, uh, I, you know, again, I'm in awe of like the plate spinning in this movie and, and all the things that they have to do to kind of make this thing work. Um, I felt like that was one where I could kind of narratively put a reason in my head for why it was happening, but I don't feel, think that the film actually did. And I feel, mm-hmm. and, and what will annoy me, what annoys me about it potentially is if they're saving it for another movie. And I, I kind of feel like if you're going to do something like that, which we haven't quite seen yet, you need to like do something with that. You know, like the, the, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't really, really have a problem with it. I just, and this is a kind of overall thing with this entire movie. This is one of the first time you'll ever hear me say this Uh is that, I feel like this should have been longer. This whole movie should have been like way longer. It could have been longer. Like way, yeah. way longer to give all those beats more time to actually sink in, to actually like, so that I'm not walking away going, well, what about this? What about this? What Because all those sort of what abouts do lessen the experience. You know, I'm not, not going, this is a knockout of the park. We had this conversation about A Quiet Place, which I think, yes. you know, A Quiet Place was a film I got really excited about, even though there's like problems with it. But because it's sort of finite, there's no, there's nothing else coming around it. It's like I can just, you know, I can work with that and yeah. I can I can get yeah. excited about it. But 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 the fact that this has those kinds of like, oh, well, this didn't work and this didn't work and this didn't work means that it like it doesn't, you know, like you sort of walk away kind of half half there and half not. You're like, well, if they if they pull this off, then I'm there. But if this is it, then I'm not there. Well, this is the interesting part of that. I didn't come out of it like that. And now that we're talking about it sort of from a more critical standpoint, of course, mm-hmm. we're all sort of thinking that the great thing. And it's this is a tactile, intelligent Disney business move <laughs> for a year. We're all going to be, quote, feeling the, quote, weight of all of this stuff because the next one doesn't come out for a year. And so they can they can bask in the efficientness and the emotional weight that this film has given for a full year. Now, what they need to do, we all know some are going to come back, but they need to, you know, kind of double down on their bet and make sure that they don't cheapen it enough to where the entire population that watches Marvel films feels cheated out of the year they felt bad. Like, because the second you do that, you burn every bridge on the planet for you. And if you, the longer you extend it out, if you do that, the worse it is. Yeah. You know, like the, the, if you don't, if you're like breaking up with someone and you don't leave right away and you kind of make it a, a long extended breakup, it's way worse. We're going to break up, but I'm going to live here for, for eight months. And I'm, I, I guess my only thing is I'm not entirely sure that I'm convinced after 19 movies that they've got the chutzpah to do that. Especially like, you know, thinking about, it's what they're doing with Star Wars right now, what they're doing with the, you know, like, it's just like, let's just keep this going, uh, you know? I'm wearing a Rogue One shirt right now, and I'd like to point out that Rogue One restored my faith in, like, uh, saga franchise filmmaking because they killed everybody. <laughs> and I was like, everyone should die, and they did. Yeah. And the movie's over, and I'm happy about it because they did what the story needed. So anyway, I don't think... I don't think it's beyond them. Yeah. I have hope for them because of things like Rogue One where I'm like, no, you understood that this had to have an 
a, a meaningful ending or it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be. Look, I, I again, Shahir, I and and both both you and Shalia, I think they will make the right decisions. <laughs> I, uh, hope but, so. I hope so. But this is again, if if and it's again, it's almost like the the issue I had at the end of Civil War. Like, how can I care more than this? They've proven I can care more than this, but now they need to prove it again. Like they need because it's not been an ending yet. They need to quote end it i think what it is as well is they need to respect the audience yeah like, and and audiences you know like my son when 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 we didn't give him an ending they want you know people want to feel narratively fulfilled mm-hmm. and that's that's what the biggest payoff has to be is that this has to be narrative flow and the things that don't you know make me sort of go i'm not sure about this is the black panther part two is coming out spider-man part two is coming out you know like 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 and it means that that i know cognitively that the things that you kind of made me gasp about we're not really things to begin with. No one likes uh, narrative storytelling more than they like money at Disney. <laughs> like they're not going to kill the Black Panther yeah. after what just happened. A billion happened. dollars, yeah. They're not going to be that stupid. And so you're like, well, he's fine because he's worth a lot. And yeah. Even beyond who's going to live and who's going to die, they need to they need to end certain characters. And I'm guaranteeing you that most of those characters that will permanently end were not any of them that happened during the snapping. Yeah. yeah. A and lot of the ones that went away in the snap were almost assured will come back. Wasn't it yeah. pretty exclusively everyone that went away in the snapping is a is a franchise that has a sequel coming out? Um, Apart I mean, from- Winter Soldier, but Winter Soldier is probably going to take up Cap. Uh, same with Sam Wilson. That could be it. Uh, I have a whole list of the snapping and also, right here. And well, Chris Evans has been very open about being done with Captain America. He didn't die in the snapping. So- he didn't, but he's done. So that gives us some insight. Because who are they going to get to be Captain America? Bucky or Sam. It, but it has Cap. to be. But that's what I mean. It has to be yeah. someone that exists within it. They. It's not like they're going to pick up Captain America and hire someone else. Yeah. So T'Challa's going to be back. Groot's going to be back. Scarlet Witch maybe will be back. They. I'm wondering oh, if they. She's uh, too sad. Let her die. I know. I'm wondering if they're going to go a little bit uh, Avengers disassembled storyline with Scarlet Witch, where she kind of uh, she goes away for good. Um. The you know Sam Wilson, Mantis, Drax. I think Mantis and Drax will both be back because they're just yes. sort of like side comic relief characters. Peter will obviously be back. Doctor strange there's no real i don't know if there's a slate for dr strange 2 yet and he also the the nature of how he died because he looked at all the possible outcomes yep. and sort of begrudgingly accepted this one because this is the only one that might end correctly and, and for him yes and to me that raises some questions that he might have seen that this is it for him yeah. and had to accept it. maybe because he doesn't give a shit about Iron Man or Peter Parker and he says so yeah he's like I would rather let you die than give him the stone and then he's like leave leave Tony alive take the stone (laughs) like he doesn't mean that so I think it was a big choice for him and because he looked at the outcomes I I think I, I think he might be dead Maybe for good, or if they do bring him back, he dies again. Right, so. and then the last couple snappings were Peter Parker, which we already talked about. How that was a beautiful scene. Maria Hill and Nick Fury, and then a bunch of other people like humans. Peter Parker, that was apparently an improvised scene. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That wasn't scripted for him to be like, oh, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Really? He improvised that. Wow, yes. they're good together. Both, uh, they're so 
good together. Tom, uh, yeah, Tom Hiddleston and uh, Robert Downey Jr. are great. Holland, Tom Holland. I, Tom Holland. Oh, it's Tom Get Hiddleston. Get my Toms yeah, Different Toms. Toms. There's a lot of Toms, a lot of Chris, a lot of white guys in this movie, yeah. I gotta say. Yeah. My reaction uh, to the snapping is, uh, was mostly anger about the people that they did not tell us what happened to them. Specifically, Shuri. How dare you not tell us if she's okay? Did Shuri Be- go in the snapping? I was. I kind of. They didn't know. show. They didn't right. show if she did or not. Right. And I, my biggest emotional reaction because I wasn't prepared for it. I like Loki. I I prepared for all the other ones. I kind of. Pre- I was like, if there's a good chance, there's a good chance. But just when the one of the what's his name of the children of Thanos broke into. Shuri's workshop. I screamed. Right. I screamed because I was scared for, I was that scared for Shuri because I care very, very much about her. So I'm very mad that we don't know if she's okay or not and have to spend a whole year not knowing if she's okay or not because she matters to me. Like it makes me mad they didn't show. And I, I, even if that's a plot point, like it's not really to leave it a mystery because we're, you showed us everybody else. Yeah. It's, I don't yeah. know. I'm there, And I, it, it feels like it's probably just something that, you know, they felt like didn't need to be explained they in this film. didn't have to, yeah. but like, yeah. No, I'm mad about that. And I think also I really wanted to know if Wong was alive purely because he would know how to work the time stone. <laughs> he just seemed like he was chilling. Like he was like, ah, you know what? If I live or die, it's cool. I'm just going to stay here. Yeah, but he's also <laughs> the only other wizard we have access to. So if they are going to do some time reversal <laughs> stuff, they need him because Doctor Strange is gone. Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was such- uh, this movie's like, full hey, of so many good quotes. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, so many good so what I'm, this is a really specific thing, and I don't know if it's a big deal for anyone else. It might not be at all. But like one of the things I remember uh, when the first Iron Man came out, um, there was uh, the precedent for men flying in in suits or flying in general in movies at that point was uh, Superman Returns, which mm-hmm. had come out just just previously to to Iron Man. And the thing that uh, I just remember this so vividly from the trailer was when I saw Iron Man flying through the air and there's this like extended shot of him at the first trailer and basically all his limbs are shaking and vibrating as he's in the air. And that was like this really powerful thing because again, the previous thing that I'd seen was Superman Returns and the thing and Superman Returns almost had this sort of Photoshop quality to it where right. the flying just was meaningless. And when Iron Man was doing it, there was this sort of tactile quality to it. And I was like, even though that CG, that little nuance of the fact that he had has to like you still use his musculature to to try and control like aerodynamics i thought that was really cool and i was like that's why i'm excited to see this movie and that's what i'm into here at this point i feel like tony stark is just a magic man like everybody else in this in this whole thing like he has a nano suit which he just presses a button and he's flying he goes up to titan first off they can all breathe on titan this is like a minor thing but it was like oh, yeah. i, I kind of miss the uh, there's a thing, you know, a sort of secondary thing with a with a bunch of these movies, which is that they sort of get into like, um, and Josh, I think it was Josh Larson from the Chicago Tribune coined this phrase was the punch plosion, which is basically, <laughs> you know, like everything just gets very punchy, pl- explosiony. Sure. And and there's a thing about like seeing Iron Man basically become now almost as magical as Doctor Strange, almost as magical as 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 the most magical characters was like, mm-hmm. oh, I kind of miss like seeing Tony think his way through problems with the resources he has, as opposed to like having just amazing buttons on his body now. And I was like, I, it was just this thing. And then I was like, oh, and now we've kind of given that to, P- 
Peter Parker as well, you know, with the spider suit, which can now do all the stuff. And I was like, I know this movie's trying to do a lot and, you know, you can't like get into the minutia like that. But it was kind of a thing that I was like just feeling as I was watching it that it was like, oh, okay, this is where we're, you know, everyone's just kind of magical. It's like a salve for possible problems where they're like, we don't want to have to deal with the, the little things. So your suits do it. Yeah, I think yeah, you're, you're a magic man now. I think the reason that doesn't bother me yeah. is because they, they in the film, nothing that, quote, Tony Stark or Peter Parker or any of the sort of tech magic people that sort of their, their tech has grown to the point where it's akin to magic. Uh, none of the things that they do, I mean, in general really affect or solve problems. They're fight and and interesting sort of combat devices. Yeah. So for instance, if Tony Stark just came up with the glove remover 9000 off of his suit and could take uh, or, or, or take a gem out of the Infinity Stone because of the nanites or whatever. And this is a weird, again, if we're going minutia, I'm going to sort of do the opposite minutia. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. have a problem if the, the random like superheroes can do this because yeah. if that had actual narrative consequences, but it really doesn't it has it 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 has the the consequence the only thing it really does is getting characters to and from places right and that i don't mind because i want to see all these characters together what it does though is it kind of nullifies the reason for those characters to be there because they're just punch you know they're just sort of foils to punch and no disagree you know what i mean like i like like why is spider-man have to be there. Spider-Man has to be there. Well, listen, Spider-Man doesn't have to be there. He sneaks on there. He's not supposed to be there. And the arc of his previous film was to say, I'm going to look after my neighborhood. I don't want to be an Avenger but it, because I need to like stay in my lane. But right? the also the movie before that, I know we're going ping pong back and forth. He always says he throws down himself to protect people. He, and, and technically if Peter Parker has a spaceship above Queens or even above Manhattan, he's going to be like, Oh, these are my people. I'm going to go deal with it. Right. And he said, he was like, I can't be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. If there's, there's no, neighborhood. no neighborhood, if there's no neighborhood, it just, it he, feels like yeah. we kind of like, jump over the arc and, and I think there's a there's a great article um, this this writer Film Crit Hulk who uh, oh, I love Film Crit film Hulk. Hulk he wrote a he wrote a great piece for the Observer he's kind of shifted out out of the uh, uh, birth birth death and movies yeah. that he was at and he talk, he talks specifically about that sort of um, the, the phrase he uses the texture of consequence and he says his uh, his words here and I, I I half agree with the the thrust of what he's saying you know I want to process the movie a little bit more but is that the films play with the texture of consequence we we presume that that you know like things matter in this world but then the next movie kind of says well ultimately we're just going to keep going with this so what really did matter then doesn't necessarily matter as much as you think it did and so now we keep going and i think that it's that it's you know that's the sort of prevailing thing he I, I will say i liked the movie more than he seems to have liked it right. which is which i thought was a little bit odd but 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 i do agree with that sense that you know the films ultimately play with the idea that there is consequence but not really 100% commit to that idea unless and 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 part of that is this notion that we're going to deal with it in another movie yeah you but know? at the same time there is a ton of consequence in all of these films just not necessarily like guys in consequence, consequence of oh, well 
No, they are life-changing consequences, but they're narrative character consequences. Look at how many people in Thor's friends and family circle that are dead oh across God, four everyone's films. Dead. Look at every one of these characters every, at this point. Thor. Every one of these characters, uh, no, you know, I'll say 80% of these characters have had a loss that has affected them that has turned them sort of in a direction towards the way that they are going. There is loss and stakes in all the films. Now, granted, the reason I could see why it f- doesn't feel that way sometimes is because again, outside of the theaters, we all always know more is coming and again going to my original my, my point about the infinity war and the next avengers film nothing before this has felt like a legitimate end to me so i've never had that bit of like well nothing's mattering even though i think a lot of things are mattering i think if again if they don't do the do right by the story that they have perpetuated for 19 films the rest of phase four or whatever will flounder and then it will eventually die will it uh, will it lessen the impact of the 19 films before that as well I think so. I think I honestly I, I think at a certain point because it is so in look I can't I can't with a straight face say to you Shahir that I believe that the strength of these films is that they actually interlink even though you don't say you don't particularly like that on a lot of occasions I can't say that yes the strength of these things partially is because they all do tie together and then if the ending doesn't stick I can't be like that ah, doesn't matter yeah. it matters to me like this is this is something that Look, if the last one of these in in phase three with the last Avengers movie, I think uh, it it might turn my tide on a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I I, I would be a hypocrite to say otherwise, I feel like. And I think I think film crit Hulk's point of view was the the sense that we can never fully evaluate because we're always kind of dealing with it later. This needs to be an evaluation point. The next film after this is the evaluation point, at least for me personally. And if they don't, mm-hmm. then there's, then, then that's sorry. That's Check it. Out. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Shalia? Yeah. Where are you I at? think, well, one, I was going to say with the, the um, idea of the technology out mm-hmm. doing minor consequence, like that Tony and Spider-Man, everybody. Uh, do you guys remember in uh, Thank You for Smoking when mm-hmm. they're like, have them smoke cigarettes on the spaceship? And they say you can't smoke cigarettes in space because of the oxygen. And they said, so write a line that says we got the, thank God we got the blah, blah, blah. That mm-hmm. makes it okay to <laughs> smoke in space. And then move on. That's what I always think of anytime right. there's a convenient explanation is like, so you say they invented the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was going to say that's, there. There a lot of it is, because um, we got, we got a little sidetracked from that, but I wanted to yeah. Yeah. say, no, that's like, a good I, point. I get yeah. where you're, I completely get where you're coming from, uh, that it's like, there is a convenience, a convenience to the inventions. Uh, I don't mind that. I guess I just, the only thing is I was like, I just miss the kind of yeah. Iron Man who kind of had to like, you know, be resourceful, sure. you know, like yes, as opposed to having absolutely. all the resources. Yeah. And, yeah. and I do too. I'm of two minds about it because I'm like, I understand that, uh, we absolutely uh, benefited from seeing these like real minor consequences, like physicality of of the suit and all that kind of stuff. But I also understand that the, to fit all that in, you can't constantly struggle with those things. Yeah, and I like the journey of Iron Man too because I like that we still have like Phase One. He's at Mark fifty in this film, Mark right. L. Yeah. So the you know we've seen him get better and better and better and better. This wasn't like a, at the first movie he has the metal suit and then the next one he has nanites. Like he's he we've over the course of ten years watched him do his. 
text. So like, I think that's another reason why I'm uh, like yeah, I'm narratively okay. Again, it's not a huge thing. It was yeah, just a thing. I, I was kind of like, Meh. and then with the as far as what's going to happen, like with, with people being loyal and the payoff, I think it's weird because it is so important that it end in a satisfying way. But if you really think about it, it's not. It's not important. It's not going to yeah. speaking because they've already got the money. I mean, I know they want more, but they <laughs> but they know how to make more. They're Disney. They know how to make more. Um, but what weirdly gives me faith that they know how it, they know what they're doing. And this is purely from my own life is how much they've invested into making uh, California Adventure at Disneyland into like the Avengers part of the park. Right. They wouldn't do that if they didn't know that this was going to stay good. <laughs> they wouldn't have made a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Right. If they didn't. Sure. Know. So I trust them purely because they've got like face character Loki. I'm like, oh, OK, you know what you're doing. You wouldn't have invested in this. <laughs> you didn't know that you had a good payoff coming. Well, then, so. there, then there comes the question of like, for instance, okay, so they're doing a theme park, right? Mm-hmm. Loki's dead. I don't think Loki's coming back. Is Loki still going to be in the theme park? A hundred percent. I can explain it to you though. Okay. When you meet Loki in the theme park and you say to him, Loki, I thought you died in Infinity War. Loki will say, no, that was the actor playing me in the film. Uh, I'm the real Loki. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, the, from behind mm. the Mickey Mouse curtain. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so it's handled. That's not an issue. They okay. can have everybody there forever. Otherwise, they'd be like, you're not Mary. You're not Julie Andrews. To right. Mary Poppins every single day. And she says, no, I'm not. That's an actress that played me. I'm <laughs> Mary Poppins. Yeah, that's good. So I'm not worried about that. Ah, pure good guys. They, they got that handled. Nice. Yes. Um, I mean, I guess to, unless anyone else has any major points, we can get into we can get into final thoughts. We've been final doing thoughts. a lot of, uh, which I think this is interesting about this film. We've been doing a lot of discussion about what comes next. Yeah. Yes. Uh, as f- I'll do, I guess my final. Then you should hear. Then Shalia can take us home. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the I stupidest think one the- last. <laughs> what was that? Take us home, Shalia. Save the stupidest for last. I think it's best. You're gonna, you're gonna kill it. I know it. Yeah, I will. So, I think reviewing this film, or and it's funny because you can see how we've been talking around it a little bit, is different than I feel like any film we've ever reviewed before, because to get the maximum enjoyment and understanding, there is definitely required viewing. This is something we haven't quite touched. We touch on this a bunch in other things and other podcasts about this. Uh, go check out all my back catalog. Oh, by uh, the way, yes. my mom was supposed to be the litmus test because she uh-huh. doesn't remember. Yeah. She loved the movie. She doesn't remember any of the other movies, but she also left to go get coffee for a half an hour <laughs> and still was like, great movie. So I'm sorry, failed experiment. The experiment is done. Yeah. The experiment is you can make my mom watch anything. Right. <laughs> <She'll> like- <laughs> but again, I don't think that the fact that there is required viewing, honestly, to get the most out of this film is a strike against it. You wouldn't want to watch like Twin Peaks or Breaking Bad or if you did at the sixth season or like whatever the heck, like the last season of it starting you of course wouldn't know what's going on and that's and just because it's films even you can go to the harry potter series you jump in at eight part two and you're gonna be like uh so like i don't i don't think that's a strike against this film um and plus i mean honestly if the box office or has anything to say about it i don't think anyone else seems to mind the homework i mean opening weekend had like what uh, 257.5 million and worldwide as it sits right now is 857.9 or 0.5 million in its first 
weak. Like it's I, I think overall as a society and whether or not that is good or bad for cinema, people are OK with it. Um, I think they made Thanos 100 percent live up to the hype. I didn't think that was a thing that they actually were going to be able to do. Um, so kudos to them. I, I was I was shocked and pleasantly surprised. Um, the Spider-Man death again was the moment that really got me that envision. And uh, weirdly enough, and this is a pure graphic design choice the text in all the movies when it showed like locations i really didn't like the font they chose i thought a lot of fonts they used before were different but at the end when it was just said avengers infinity war and the title itself blew away like all the people did that happened in the snapping mm. i got a fucking chill and i was like that's a small little end note after a beautiful end scene of Thanos doing exactly what he said he would do at after he did it if he succeeded he would just sit somewhere and watch the sunrise on a quote thankful universe and I was like fuck they did it and and knowing what I know about movies and the Marvel and mouse machine and still thinking in the moment that I saw this film fuck they actually did it is a hundred percent worth my time money and effort up to this point now again in a year we're going to be past this point Mm -hmm. and that might all not matter and come crumbling down around me but right now i think this is a film that is every bit everything i wanted it to be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh that that's me shahir yeah no i i mean look uh i've uh often come on the podcast and been the the naysayer and i still to an extent kind of think that uh the the issues that i've raised are still valid in terms of like getting singular movie experiences like i you know for example i'm i'm still if you if if you asked me what movie I, you think I should go see this weekend and a quiet place was still playing and Avengers infinity wars is still playing. I would say, go see a quiet place. But I think the thing is, is that this is the first film in many of them where I feel like the, there is a a narrative chutzpah about it. You know, like, (laughs) you know, they're really like, they really are trying to do something. And I will just, I hope that my desire to see where this goes is paid off um, because if it's not, then it will, you know, I, I think it will sour the entire experience really. And I think, I think, you know, that's a, that's a heavy weight to put on the next film, but that's kind of their own doing at this point as well is because they've put off, you know, doing that for 19 films up to 20 films now. So if you're going to put it off for 20 films, you really got to, you really got to deliver at this point. So, so I hope that it is, you know, like that, that the, that the optimistic side of me wins over in this experience as opposed to the cynical side. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, who knows, let's, let's come back in, uh, in a year's time. I will. The only other Mm -hmm. thing was that I know when, um, uh, the second Hobbit movie came out. I thought the ending of the second Hobbit movie was one of those experiences was like, oh, I want to see where this is going from here. Yeah, and, yeah. And then a year passed and I was like, oh, the next <laughs> Hobbit movie came out? I'm good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to see this. Um, so, you know, maybe a year will work in your favor. Maybe it won't. I don't know. It's it's exciting that, that this exists. It's exciting that this is creating a theatrical experience that is still relevant for a lot of people. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the death of, of, of the movie going experience so it's still exciting that this is kind of putting a real reason to go to the movies you know uh uh, forefront um but you know we got to pay it off and and let's see if they Mm -hmm. if they can yeah shalia 
take us home. All right. Well, I'm going to close us out on a very specific to how I watch movies mm-hmm. uh, opinion of my final thoughts on Avengers Infinity War. First of all, all of the female characters that have been introduced throughout were all given such wonderfully cool storylines. Now, mind you, there's so many characters that everybody has kind of a short storyline. But, like, Gamora is arguably the most important character in this movie. Right. Um, that fight when uh, Scarlet Witch and Black Widow and Naoki against uh, Proxima Midnight is fucking phenomenal. Shuri's absolutely a hero like nebula is like like being tortured but holding her own like all the female characters were done such justice and it made me so happy so for that freestanding no matter what happens in the next movie i felt very satisfied by that and from the other very shalia point of view i've never watched a movie with more hot guys in my life <laughs> and I it made it hard for me to have an opinion at all you're not supposed to have that many crushes in one movie it's too many crushes so I've you know I've just been trying to come to terms with that um, but it, all in all even if I have no expectations for even if there was no next movie I thoroughly enjoyed my experience there we go I had a great time Good deal. Well, before we end this podcast of the film, I will not say the name yet because that's always how we end these things. We do want to touch on an email or two, Shahir. Is that correct? Yeah, I think we've kind of covered most of this already, but um, uh, here's one from Laura. Again, this is a spoiler-based question. Uh, uh, She basically says, I just felt kind of annoyed by the visual comedy of the bubbles that directly followed a really heavy moment. Mm, I guess my question is, do you think that this tone is necessary for this type and scale of movie? I feel like the humor often acts as a form of self-awareness. Like they want to let the know that the audience, uh, they want to let the know that they all that all the aliens magic and superpowers is a bit ridiculous. So let's all have a laugh at it all. Does that make it more accessible to a wider audience? Or do you think it cheapens moments that it could have had a lot more weight to them? Um, do you get the crowds with the jokers or the, uh, with the jokes or with the feels? Hmm. Um, uh, do you guys want to tackle that? I got something for that. I thought yeah. the, f- the fact that they used bubbles twice mm-hmm. cheapened it. Okay. Yes. Uh, I think that with, with oh, so you have a glove that can do anything. Mm. Bubbles once is good and funny and appropriate. Bubbles twice being a, a callback to a joke no one gave a shit about, mm. I think yeah. was a poor choice. Shalia? I felt like, now I didn't care for it either time, <laughs> but somehow felt okay with it because it, it was like, oh God. Thanos is such a he's a dad like it feels like a fucking dad move dad joke to be like don't shoot at my kid bubbles like it felt like dad jokes and something about like his relationship with Gamora made the bubbles feel more appropriate to me because it was like what a dumb fucking move and then I'm like ugh what it's he's such a dad like it's a dad move 
No offense. <laughs> <laughs> None taken because we you're are. Not a, you're not an old dad yet, so you're okay. Pretty old. Um, well, they're not. You're, as, until you've got a teenager, you're fine. Yeah, 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 true. That's when you're a really big loser. I am Groot. One thing that I, I, I know we're kind of wrapping this up, but one thing I was actually really impressed by was that the, the decision to make Thor uh, a comedy uh, in Ragnarok suddenly clicked right into place in terms of a tactical decision for this film because they were like, oh, we're eventually going to land Thor with the Guardians of the Galaxy, so we need them to be in the same comedic wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like, it was suddenly, like, I was when that happened, I was like, oh, this actually clicks into place now, and I suddenly understand why that decision was actually a really forethought decision. It wasn't much of, it wasn't like, let's just re, re-address what we're, you know, what's going wrong with Thor. Last question here is, and it's basically, again, it's from Will, and it's it's covering things that we've already done, uh, but he said, isn't it obvious to every, uh, that everyone remains at the end of the movie just happens to be those who want to exit the franchise. They're going to do a swap in the next movie and those have, uh, and have those survived nobly exchanged their lives for who crumbled into dust. Or am I just, am I just dumb and everyone realized this and isn't talking about it? Uh, well, I think we've covered that. In, we covered it. Covered in there. I think, yeah. you know, it, it, the, the, the important thing here is whether the payoff is meaningful and resonant. It doesn't matter what they do, but as long as they make it work. Yeah, as long as they make it matter narratively and for for any character that either stays, comes back, or leaves forever. Like, there's there has to be consequence to the actions of this film, no matter what. And I think they've they've you know as we've discussed, they've sprinkled in a couple teaser ones where it could go either way. Yeah. Um, to try to even it out, so it wasn't a perfect split down the middle. But yeah, I mean, it's. It's more important how they do it than than what they do. Yeah, I yeah. Think, in the in the end, sprinkles like the red skull coming back. Oh right, well, that was such Ross a nice Martin. random thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh my god, lady and gentleman, <laughs> and listeners, dear listeners, this has been the only podcast about Avengers: Infinity War. Nobody else is talking about. This no movie. one else Nobody. is talking about this. Shalia, thank you so much for finishing this journey we started on so finished. long ago. It's, it's not, not finished. You better have me be back, back in a year. year. She'll be back in a year. <laughs> yeah, if you true. don't invite me back in a year, I riot. <laughs> starting, thank you. So let's rephrase. Starting the finishing of this, uh, <laughs> yes. this, the this journey for right now. Shalia, when you are not uh, considering experience, experience, where can folks find you? Oh, I can be found all over the internet at Shalia Evans because I'm the only one, so I I took it. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how I, Shalia is kind of like the girl version of Shahia. And it was yeah, like, I've been enjoying it too. I'm yeah. like, good, good, we're doing like, it. I was like, like, you just, you know, we just found a wig and put, you know. What does Shahir mean? Shahir in uh, Iranian or Islamic means, um, it's kind of akin to poet. It kind of okay. means someone who speaks and people listen, which is not the case on this yeah. podcast ever. Well, Shalia <laughs> is a messenger of peace. So oh, there you very, go. We've got, we've got some of the same base words going on there. Yeah, basically you're Matt, the messenger. I'm, I vocalize it. Mine yeah, means yeah. mine means cis white dude. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it does. I'm sure there's a meaning. Uh, it means not Chris. Yeah, yeah. Kroll <laughs> means they cut off the last 19 letters of my uh, ancestor's Polish last name when they got to Ellis Island. What was the? Yeah. What was the? Kroll I don't know. Like Kroll and all and all and Yeah. Which again, we actually added an N. I think at. 
Oh, well. silent. We threw more letters in. Yeah, why not? Uh, Shahir, when you're not uh, kicking names and taking ass, where can folks find you? You can find me confusing all kinds of words at my website, www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Matt, I have no funny taglines for you on this episode. I think you have done an admirable job of taking, of, of, of being very serious about the franchise that you are most committed to in, in this podcast journey we've taken. So where can people find you doing more of that? I mean, I appreciate that because if you threw another moon at me, I was going to lose it. You can find me at um, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for all of my life and works. You can also find me on Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Uh, I also, I'm going to do a little bit of self-promotion teasery. I have an exciting announcement coming up that I can't talk about for a few <laughs> weeks. So there's that. So you're going to marvel this by like teasing it like, yep. on the next episode? But wait, there's more. Ten years, you'll tell us. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll hint it a little bit more uh, as the episodes move on. But I'm very excited, and I'm, I'm hoping uh, our audience will be too. Um, and and with that, I, I guess this this is it for now. Until next year, when we all come back and do this again. <laughs> I don't feel so good. No, Shalia, <laughs> Shalia, no. Where'd she go? Oh my God, she's gone. Where'd she go? Well, oh, she's just hiding over there. I can see her. Well, yeah, if you pan the camera over, let it happen. I can see. Let it happen. She had a moment. (laughs) (laughs) She's coming back. Guys, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. I'm fine. There you go. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Guys, we did it. Ah!